This is Real Estate Team Builders, and I'm your host, Lars Hedenborg, the founder of Real Estate B-School. The real estate team building world is driven by big egos who boast about how many homes they've sold or how much GCI they've earned. We don't hear much about their low profit margins, the long hours they put in each week, or the unbearable stress they endure. In fact, I've discovered that most real estate teams are losing money when you consider the amount of personal production their owners must do to make ends meet. I believe that if you want to profitably scale your real estate team without working crazy hours, enduring unhealthy levels of stress, or coming up short at home, then thinking like a business owner, building sustainable systems, and empowering your team are absolute musts. You won't find any smoke and mirrors or hype here on my podcast, just the real world tools, systems, and strategies that work. So if you struggle to balance growing your real estate business with focusing on the areas of life that truly matter, then this show is for you. All right, welcome back, real estate team builders. Uh, Lars Hedenborg here, the founder of Real Estate B-School. This is going to be awesome. We've got Elizabeth Riley, uh, who has been in the industry. I wrote it down. How many years? 17. 17 years in the industry, which means you've been through at least one super crappy market. Yeah. Um, Austin, Texas, and now you're physically in Park City, which is your happy place. Kind of tell us a little bit, you know, your business is like 100% referrals. You don't believe in buying leads. So tell us a little bit about uh, you, your background, how you got into real estate, uh, and then we'll kind of like unpack your superpower in terms of just generating referral business. Love it. Yeah, absolutely. And thanks for having me. This is so fun to have conversations like this. And that's why I love this industry, because there's so many ways to build a business. And you just have to figure out what your what your vibe is and what your passion is and follow that. So um, like you said, I'm out of Austin, Texas. I actually got started in real estate a little over 17 years ago in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, my husband and I were investors. We lived there because of his, he was a corporate um, guy. And so we were transferred out to Atlanta, Georgia. And I got my license because my CPA told me I had to. And I had no interest in real estate at all. Um, I was doing some really cool stuff, working on events and marketing, and I was working on the Greece Olympics. And so real estate was not really in my plan, um, but I realized I love it. So I became a top producer in Atlanta and built my business there. And then in 2008, if you remember 2008, or most people, um, we were transferred to Austin, Texas with my husband's company. So the market had really crashed in Atlanta. Uh, when I left there, we were doing a lot of short sales and foreclosures, not fun at all for so many people. But when I moved to Austin, Texas, I didn't know anybody and I was going to get into real estate and everybody that I did meet or come across said I was crazy. Uh, they said, do you know how bad of a market this is? I'm like, no, no, no. I just, I just came from a bad market. You know, this is opportunity. So I like to always see the opportunity instead of the challenges. And I just put my head down and I got to meet people. And at the time I had one child and I now have four. And I knew that I had to meet people. I knew I had to meet people for my, my son uh, as well. And that's how I started building up my base again, just like I did in Atlanta. Because I think it's easier to do business when people know you, like you, and trust you. And that's just who I am. I'm a very relational person. And so I just built those relationships to build my business. And so in 2014, and I'm very loyal, I'm fiercely loyal. I was always with the same company for 10 years. Um, in 2014, we had 650 agents in my, in my office. And at the awards banquet, I was number one. 
And I had no idea I was going to be number one because that's another thing I, I don't do well. I don't really track my numbers um, because I'm not focused on the numbers. So um, I was number one and I came home and I told my husband I was getting out of the business. He's like, you're crazy. You just built this great business. And I said, I'm uninspired. I'm it's on a, it's, I'm on a hamster wheel. I'm not having fun. And, you know, we talk about God family business and it was all business. And my husband traveled all the time. That wasn't really our plan. So um, that's when I decided to make a change. I've been at um, EXP Realty now for seven years and my business completely uh, changed in such a positive way and it's grown and I'm having more fun um, and, and more success than I've ever had before. Awesome. I want to put a pin in the EXP part because if you're not in our world and you're not with EXP, you, you may not know that Elizabeth is a legend in, in EXP. So I want to I want to park that because I want to go into specifically you've built an organization of 11,000 agents through production. So let's park that for a second and let's dig into like let's get into some tactics around, you know, how do you enter a new market when it is like just a crap show of a market yeah. and build the business back up, um, you know, leaving. So in 2014, you were number one out of 650 at your KW Market Center. Mm -hmm. um, and that was starting in a new market in 2000. In 2008, I started a new market. Correct. Yeah. So, so let's talk about like, you know, there are people that make excuses like uh, I'm, in, I'm new to this market or I can't do. So how, how do you coach someone? Because you, you also do that. How do you coach someone to, to do that? Like, what are the steps that we can follow? Yeah, I talk to people about that all the time because it's really in your mind, right? I mean, if you say you're not going to do something, you're either going to be able to do it or you're not going to be able to do it, right? It depends on what decision you've already made. And so for me, I approach this as well. Think about what I tell people, how I got into the business. We, I lived somewhere. Everybody lives somewhere. When we moved to Austin, I lived in a townhouse community. There were 44 townhomes. And I put my little guy, he was 18 months at the time, and I put him in a, um, a wagon and we literally knocked on the neighbor's doors. Now, we did not knock on neighbor's doors to ask them for business or to pitch that I was a real estate agent, right? We knocked on their doors authentically and genuinely to get to know our neighbors. Everybody wants to know, oh, who moved in over there? I wonder what their story is. Everybody has a story, right? So we just made it really easy. We knocked on the doors. Hi, I'm Elizabeth. This is my son, Trip. My family and I just moved here from Atlanta, Georgia. And we just wanted to get out and say, hi, we just moved into 8850 Honeysuckle. And they're like, oh my gosh, how are you, right? I never talked about real estate. It wasn't about that. It was really about the connection and getting to know your neighbors. Your vibe attracts your tribe, your community. And so I got to know all 44 of those people and they were older. They, it, was, it was almost like they were all my grandparents. They, they were the sweetest um, people ever. And they would always ask me, well, what did you do in Atlanta? And why are you here in Austin? They want to know. People want to talk. Uh, and again, that was 2008. So way before COVID. But uh, and I would tell them everything. And well, what did you do there? I was in real estate. Well, what are you going to do here? I'm well, I'm in real estate. What are you crazy? Do you know the market? And then it gives me an opportunity to have a conversation. You never know where those conversations are going to go. But here's what I did different than I think a lot of agents miss this opportunity. Um, they forget that it's the relationship. You earn the relationship, you're going to earn the business. So I would go back, and I still do this to, my, to this day. I would go back, and I wrote 44 handwritten notes to every single neighbor I met. Now, I have a good memory. So I would remember that, 
you know, Ann down the street had her dog Daisy, or I would remember that, you know, Paul had his cat, you know, whatever the situation was. If you don't remember that, just put a note in your phone or something to remember later. But I wrote a handwritten note to each one of them. And it was so great to meet you. We're excited to be here in the community. We can't wait to connect with you in, in the future. If I can ever do anything for you, please let me know your neighbor, Elizabeth and Trip, or what have you, right? And then what I started doing is being consistent. And I think what happens is people just give up. They write, they do one thing and the business doesn't come and they just say, well, that didn't work. I am consistent in my messaging, consistent in my communication and reaching out. I touch my clients three times a month in different ways. I still send letters to all those people that live in that community, that townhouse community that I, I still own that property, right? But they still st stay in touch with me. And I actually got a $1.2 million referral from one of the little old ladies who had somebody to, that needed to send a home, uh, sell their home just because they felt like they knew me and they had trusted me. So I think people give up too simply. And I think if you send them letters, send them notes, not hey, I'm having a contest or hey, uh, you know, who do you know looking to buy or sell? Truly let them into your life and create that relationship. The business will come if you stay in touch with them. I, like I said, um, three times a month, every single month for the last 17 years is what I've done. And that's what, what's built my business. And that's why the referrals keep coming. That's awesome. I mean, talk about you. I'm sure you've read the book, um, Compound Effect, Darren Hardy. Yeah. It's like, you know, talk about 17 years, starting with like 44 old ladies. You probably talked to 43 because you were the 44th. So go, I know people are thinking as they're listening. So three, three per month, 36 per year for the database. What are the different touch points? Are there four or five things that you're doing at? Like kind of lay off the, a little bit of the system if you can. Yeah. So um, I actually have a lot of fun with it. My background's marketing. Um, and I, what I love about doing this is brand new agents can do this. A lot of agents will say, well, I don't have any money. And I always tell the agents, don't spend money till you're making money. You don't have to go put a bunch of money into marketing and glossy and fancy flyers and all these different things because people are just going to throw it away. What I want people to do is I want to make an impact on the way to the trash can. Okay, they're not going to save your things, no matter how creative or how much money you've spent. So when I get, for example, when I get the, and then you probably get these too, the magnets in the mail with the real estate agent's picture on it. And maybe, um, so in Austin, Texas, we have the University of Texas, which is the Longhorns. Well, I actually went to Texas A&M, which is the rival, right? So if you're going to send me something, first of all, with your picture on it, and then the UT schedule in the Houston and the Baylor, well, you've just missed out an opportunity because that's not, none of those are my schools. So I'm going to throw them away. Right. So you don't have to spend a lot of money because most of those things get thrown away. You can be pretty strategic and intentional with your budget. And I don't spend a lot of money on things. There are certain things I do do, but I also know that it's going to be in the trash can. So first thing, if you're a brand new agent or you're a newer agent um, or you're in a new market, I wrote a letter to everybody. Hey, I just got my license. I'm super excited. Here's a little bit about me, but it's all to the people I know, right? So this is what I'm wanting to do. If you ever know anybody looking to buy, sell, or invest, I'd be honored to work with them. Thanks so much for, for thinking of me, right, Elizabeth? And so that would be the first letter I sent. I did that in both markets. And then I would not send business cards. Then I wait about two or three weeks later, and then I do a handwritten note. Nobody does handwritten notes anymore. And then I would write a handwritten note. Hey, John, I hope that you saw my, my letter the other day. Things are going great. And talk about the market if you want. Talk about the rates. So, like Right now, it's opportunity. 
right? There's 80% of the business is going to be done by the 20% of the agents out there. You have an opportunity to be in that 20%. You want to be the top of the top. So address those things. This is a great opportunity. The market is doing really, really well. And I don't want to talk about any of the negative because I always, I mean, that's what we're, we're real estate agents. We overcome the objections, lead with positivity. Um, here are a couple of my business cards. If you ever know anybody looking to buy, sell, or invest, I wanted to make sure you had a few, right? So that's a handwritten note. That's a second touch. So if you start doing that now, there's 12 months out of the year. Every December, I pick, just I make a list on a Word document. It's not fancy. January through December. Okay, January, I'm going to do this, this direct mail. February, I'm going to do this. March, April, May, all the way down. The second one is usually a newsletter, um, electronic newsletter. I am getting away from that a little bit just because everybody's bombarded with emails. But again, my newsletters weren't your typical real estate newsletter. It's not, well, you know, here's the stats and here's, you know, what's to do in Austin, all this other stuff. It was more of a letter to a friend, right? So my open rate would really be higher than most because it was more personal than just what everybody else was sending. And then my third touch per month is usually reaching out for coffee or lunch. Now, I used to do lunches all the time. They take a lot longer and they cost a lot more. So then I started pivoting to like a morning coffee or tea uh, or afternoon coffee or tea. The beautiful thing about it is you can reach out to people, even though they don't go to coffee with you, it's still a touch, right? I have, a, I have an app that I use called Reach just so I can keep everybody top of mind. It doesn't cost anything. And I could send that to everybody. So it looks like it's an individual text, but then I don't miss anybody. But going back to your question on, on the direct mail piece, because this is where people always have questions, have fun with it. February, um, you know, I would get kids Valentine's cards. My kids would all pick out their Valentine cards and I would go pick out my Valentine's cards and I'd send the little kid Valentine's to my clients with the heart stickers that say, I love referrals, right? Won't you be my Valentine, whatever, love your favorite real estate agent. Um, March, uh, Word document, just do clip art, do a four leaf clover, put a $1 scratch off, say you don't need luck in real estate, you just need Elizabeth Riley on your side, right? Do things like that where they're opening it up, not just sold, just listed. Because especially with me being referral based, if I sell, send out a just sold postcard, but it's to a neighborhood that was 30 miles away, like that wasn't a good use of my funds. That client doesn't care. They don't care that you sold another house or listed another house. But what I do do is they, they want to open up to see what I'm going to do next. March, I'm big into college football, uh, basketball. I love March Madness. Okay. My dad played for Indiana State. And so I grew up loving college basketball. And so March Madness is huge. CBSSports.com, you can go in there and create brackets for free. And what you do is you send them out to all your clients and your database. And it says, you know, Elizabeth Riley Lux Property Group March Madness Bracket. And what's cool about this is they don't have to have knowledge in basketball. They fill out their brackets. And then every time there's an upset or a game change or anything else, your name's in front of them because they're sending updates. You can't pay for that kind of exposure. And then at the end, I have first, second, and third prize. Or um, And if you're a new agent, it doesn't have to be anything big. Do a $5 gift card to Starbucks, do a bragging rights, just have fun with it. And so every single year they're like, oh, you're going to do this. I send out Girl Scout cookies that say thanks a lot. Um, I put them on people's doors. 
And it's funny because every year I say, I'm not going to do it. And every year they call, Hey, are you doing Girl Scout cookies? I want Thin Mints this year. Okay. Right. So it's, you're wanting people to think about you, things that keep you top of mind and separate you from the rest. And you can do this all throughout the year. In the fall, October, I have a lot of fun with the kids. I get Halloween cards and I address them to all the kids. I'll put, um, Wendy's frosty coupons in there. I'll put all sorts of different things in there to the kids. Now the parents know you're sending something. It's another touch. So I have fun with this. I have four kids too. So I have them involved in everything. My kids stuff, everything. My little one will color on things. So it's really about the relationship. They see me as, Oh, my friend, Elizabeth, who's a real estate agent, right? They don't see me as just their real estate agent. And so my relationships go way before the transaction and way after the transaction. And I've become the mayor or, or a human Rolodex, if you will, because they know they can come to me no matter what. And I have resources, I have connections, I have contacts. And if I don't have them, they know I can find them and it'll be a trusted source. So you don't wanna be just a real estate agent for um, one transaction. You're really trying to earn the relationship so you, you can earn the business indefinitely. Awesome, so I have a question on like actually building the database. So you're, you're new to um, Austin. Mm-hmm. Your database, it still has, you know, you're probably still working that old database from Atlanta. Virginia. Yeah, mm-hmm. from, from Atlanta. Yep. Um, but how do you, I mean, are you like in top producer and you're like adding contacts in there or whatever database you use? And like you're you're constantly have a goal of how many contacts can I add, you know, new. Do you have any kind of goals like that or is it just totally organic? Mine's organic. And that's why Glenn Sanford always laughed at me. He's like, you've got to know your numbers. I was like, I don't, I mean, if I'm following my numbers, I'm not having fun. Right. And that's just me. I like just focusing on the the person at the time. And I'm not setting these goals where I have to touch 10 people or three. I, I need to add 30 people to my database. First of all, the best database is the one you're going to use. So for me, it was an Excel spreadsheet for years. That's all I used. I tried top producer. I tried wise agent. I tried all these other ones, but to me, it wasn't I wasn't using it like it needed to be used. I just needed it to where I can put everybody in there. I could export labels and go on my merry way. Um, Now I'm using, and this isn't really a database, uh, but for me, I'm very, very visual. So I use Trello. I have everybody on Trello boards. I have my clients on Trello boards. And so if they're my buyers or my sellers, where the referral came from and things like that. Uh, But I treat everybody in my database the same, whether you ever did a deal with me or not. If you're in my database, it's because I have a relationship with you of some sort. Like it could be my kid's soccer team. It doesn't matter. So I don't treat, just because you bought a house with me, I don't treat you any different than than somebody down the street that hasn't. I do everybody the same. I send everything the same to each person. Uh, and I just, because I've had people refer me business that I've never done deals with, but they just trusted me and they send me to their friends. So I don't want to ever exclude out exclude an opportunity. Awesome. So. Um... Transition a little bit. So 2014, you're number one out of 650 agents, which is so awesome. Uh, Then you come over to EXP, which it wasn't what it is today, right? You were for sure blazing a trail. I talk to people now, I'm like, you are not blazing a trail by coming over to EXP at like 83,000 agents, but they think they are. Your your goal was, you know, this icon program and earning stock. And, you know, so you're coming up on your eighth year of that. And then then transition a little bit into like, you're not recruiting, you're, you're just kind of doing, you're taking that same personality, your heart for people, I imagine, and you're just 
11,000 people. Like people may not actually understand that. I understand it because I look up to someone like Elizabeth. I'm like, maybe one day I'll never catch her technically, probably. Um, but talk about like how that translated, like, you know, what is the icon program? Why were you so excited about it? And then how'd you build this tribe? How'd you say it? Um, your vibe attracts your tribe, which is, I've never heard that before, which is so cool. So talk a little bit about the transition, the icon program, and then how you built, built this sort of tribe at EXP. Sure. So when I, when I told my husband I was getting out of the business, he said, start your own brokerage. And I said, I don't want to start my own brokerage. I don't want to be boss. I don't want to be responsible for somebody not having transactions. I, I want to be more like a team and I want to collaborate with people and I want to inspire just as I'm being inspired. And my husband, I'll never forget it. He said, real estate's not a team sport. And I said, I, I, I think it's a little bit different though. And he didn't understand because he didn't, he came from corporate from corporate America. And so my Atlanta group, so I was at Keller Williams for 10 years, so blessed that I was at that company. That company got me to where I needed to be. And I am so grateful for Keller Williams. My sponsor at Keller Williams, um, he went over and a number of of the people that I knew, they all went over to this little company called EXP. And he had talked to me about it because I was licensed in Georgia and Texas, but I couldn't in EXP, you could be licensed in two states or more under one cap, but I couldn't do that at KW. So I, I was like, I have to let my license go in Georgia and really focus on Texas. And so he told me, they said, we're going over to this company called EXP. I was like, okay, you have fun. I'm heads down. I'm focused on this. I completely dismissed it. Right. Um, and that's when stock was like 10 cents, by the way. Uh, <laughs> so I, but about a year later, Um, when I was feeling uninspired and burned out, they said, you know what? We could all work together again. We could all collaborate. We could do some really cool things. Will you meet with somebody for us? And it's just like, Lars, if you said, will you meet with somebody? I would say, absolutely. You don't ask questions, right? There are certain people that you just don't ask questions. You're like, absolutely. I'll meet with whomever. And I didn't know really who I was meeting with. So if you think about what EXP was then versus my market center, Glenn Sanford is a very, was a very different person than now. As a person, he's still the most humble, generous, gracious person ever. On paper and what he's built is very, very different, right? So he came into town to meet with me and he's talking to me about the company and revenue share and all this stuff. And then he starts talking to me about stock. And I said, that's what I want to talk about. Because he talked about revenue share and I told Glenn Sanford I wasn't interested in rev share. Okay, (laughs) I've changed my tune. However, I didn't understand it really. I didn't understand his vision that like I wouldn't like we do now. But he started talking about an agent built company built by agents for agents and celebrating the producers. Now, no other real estate company really celebrated the producers. They do with trophies and, and, you know, paper awards and things like that. And I got a baseball cap from Keller Williams every year that said capper. No lie. That's not going to pay my mortgage. That's not going to put my kids through school. That's not going to help me retire. And at KW, I was doing fine in profit share, but it barely, it barely covered what my, my cap was. So I didn't really understand what that could look like. But when, when Glenn starts talking about stock awards, and then he showed me the trends report from Stefan Swanepoel, which I I highly look up to Stefan Swanepoel and in his trends report that year, it said EXP Realty is one you haven't heard of. It's the one to watch. It's the the Amazon.com of real estate. I was like, hmm, 
And that's when, you know, we go back to opportunity. When I moved to Austin, I was like, no, there's opportunity. That's when my myself was saying, okay, hmm, what if I did this? What if it did anything like Amazon? If I had known about Amazon way back when, I would have absolutely got involved somehow. I would have bought stock. I don't care what it was. And how fun could that be to build something together, right? I'm bored. Like, what could we do together? And then, of course, you've got the other side. Well, what if it doesn't work? What if it fails? What if it's, you know, a complete failure? Well, I can go back anywhere I want to go or build my own business again, my brokerage, and because everybody wants the producers. So I came on board. I'm agent 466. um, And I brought, I, I, I believe in seeking wise counsel. And so I went to talk to my old team leader who was in retirement at the time. And I said, I need you to tell me I'm crazy. Because I talked to a number of agents that were going to come with me, right? People join people. I truly believe that. I was joining because of Glenn Sanford. I believed in his vision. Um, And then I met with Jason Guessing and I'm like, oh my gosh, I believe in this leadership. Um, And those two people are are two that I look up today and I always will. But I seek wise counsel and I needed somebody to tell me I was crazy and to look at something from the outside and and ask the questions and poke holes in the way that I didn't know what to do. Because I'd only been at one company and I was an independent agent. So my uh, old team leader and I met for five months. And one day he told me, uh, I'm coming out of retirement. We're going to do this together. And I'm like, what? And that was Gene Frederick. And so all of a sudden it was people that I respected and I regarded and I was having fun again and we were building something together. And that's how we grew. Now I was focused on the transactional side though. I was focused on the icon award. Glenn talked about the icon award would give producers stock, their cap back in stock. And I was like, whoa, that'd be amazing. So I was actually the first icon ever named. Um, the really cool thing about it though is, remember I was at number one out of 650 agents and I was burned out and I was like dying on the vine. The very, the first full year I was at EXP, I was at the awards ceremony. Um, and I knew I was getting my icon award, which was a huge deal, but they were talking about production and numbers and all of a sudden they said, okay, the number one independent agent. Now at this time we had 2000 agents and they said the number one independent agent in EXP is Elizabeth Riley. And I'm clapping and somebody pokes me on the shoulder and they're like, they just called your name. I'm like, what, what are you talking about? I was so confused. I'm like, how could that be me? Because I was dying before 650 to 2000 is a huge jump. And I remember going on stage and Glenn was laughing. He was like, see, I told you, you should know your numbers. And I'm like, well, this is actually more fun. Um, and then the next, the second year I was there, there were 5,000 agents and I was number one individual again. So, um, you know, when people talk about us as, you know, just agent count, it's not, it's about changing lives and businesses. And my business tripled and it's just continued to grow because we collaborate with people that are doing bigger and better things than we are. And I realized how small Austin was. And I realized that when I collaborate with, you know, like Doug and Chuck out of Beverly Hills, who really understand luxury in a different way than Austin understands luxury, I can learn from them because number one, we're not competition. Number two, most people don't do what you tell them to do anyway. Uh, And number three, if I win, we all win because we're all owners of this company. And so it allowed me to completely change what my business looked like by collaborating with all these amazing agents all around the country and doing things differently than I, that I'm learning in my market or seeing in my market. So that's how the, the EXP piece came to be. Um, and that was, uh, I just hit seven years in, in May. Awesome. I, I can do the math on what those initial awards 
those were like lottery, like jackpot, right? 60 cents when I joined, uh, stock was 60 cents when I joined and, um, yeah. And, and then what's really cool is I've never touched my stock, knock on wood or in my icon stock. So I have seven icon awards. A lot of those awards were before it split. So it's been, it's been pretty amazing that I actually have ownership in this company and the company wants to hear from us as leaders. Uh, and we're able to truly make a difference instead of what, you know, ha having to kind of be in the corporate structure from other, uh, other models, not that they're wrong, they're just different. Let me get your brief perspective and then we'll, we'll wrap it up. Um, for someone that's, you know, looking at EXP, everyone's heard of EXP at this point. You know, yeah. there's only like less than a handful of reasons why people don't join. I would say the biggest reason is like everyone's just coming at them. Like you said, everyone's, there's no relationship and you sort of people are coming at you. Um, what advice would you give for someone that, that's looking at EXP, you know, for someone who's not, you're not like that. You're not all about the deal. I'm actually wired a little bit more that way. So I, I love this conversation. But how how do you go about building this, you know, massive tribe when that wasn't even like that was a byproduct of who you were, you know, so attraction through production. So end on that, like the, the, the myth that we're all a bunch of recruiters, right? Yeah. Touch on that a little bit. So it's it's interesting because only 12% at this time is about um, of the company even has even one person in their downline. And so I just think the narrative, we're allowing other people to, to tell our story. And I think it, it's much easier to convince people what we're about when you show them rather than tell them. And I, and a lot of people, I call it EXPing, or, you know, it's like, we all get super excited about it, but the reality is, is we're not a fit for everybody and not everybody's a fit for us. And it's just like a listing. I mean, you go into a listing, you're going to sit there. Every seller is going to be different. Their needs, their goals, their dreams, their challenges, everything's going to be different. If I just go in there with the same listing presentation for every single person, I'm not going to, I'm not going to get those listings. But when I go in there and I don't have a book and I don't have an agenda and I sit there and I ask you, Lars, what are you looking for? What's important to you? Asking the right questions and really getting into what the pebble in their shoe is, it's the same thing as on attraction, right? I could, just like Glenn, he was talking to me about rev share. I'm not interested in rev share, right? If I, if people start talking about rev share, first of all, most people don't understand rev share. Most people in our industry don't understand stock, right? I mean, we weren't ever given stock. So if you start going in and talking about stock and rev share, you're going to lose them. But if you go in and talk about how you can help them change their business, how they can create time freedom and financial freedom in, in what's important to them. Ask the questions, let them talk. We talk too much. We go in there and we have all the solutions. I think we talk too much. We need to listen more. And that's how I, I treat each of my, my agents on my front line for sure. Like they're my one and only. I wanna be there. I'm responsible for them. I'm resourceful. I'm, I'm there to help them build and grow. And every single one of them have different goals. Uh, but you're, you're right. I mean, if somebody thinks, well, EXP is not for me, then they haven't really taken the time to learn who we are or talk to the right people or ask the right, or ask the right questions. Because we're an amazing company and, and filled with amazing people. Yeah, I, I I feel like that. I I probably have exped on more than my fair share. Oh, we all have. We get <laughs> excited. We get excited. I know. I know. But for so many years now, I'm just like I'm in, and I'm like, can you believe this? It's like, yeah, we've been here for a while. Like we well, we get we get it. But I also we have you and I have the gift of hindsight. I went to I mentioned this earlier. I, I went to Texas A and M, 
And we had a saying at Texas A&M because everybody always says, well, Texas A&M is a cult. They don't understand our culture. It's a really cool school with tons of tradition. Super, super tight. The A&M connection outside of college. I mean, if I walked outside now and there's an Aggie, I mean, we're friends for life. It's it's amazing. So we had a saying there and I'll end with this. But um, from the outside looking in, you can't understand it. And from the inside looking out, you can't explain it. And that's the XP. Once people are in our culture and in our world, they get so excited and they're like, oh my gosh, now I see. Now I understand what you were trying to tell me. And again, I can't tell them. If I show them, it, it sticks with them a lot more. Awesome. Amazing. What an awesome story. And just in this little time, I mean, uh, just to see your heart and how you operate, there's no there's no uh, doubt why you're so successful. So I appreciate your time, Elizabeth. Um, Thanks for having much me. Much love to everyone listening. You know, um, the overall markets are going crazy, but like Elizabeth said, guard your, your mind, guard your heart, and just stay focused on the very few activities that you can control. So we'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks again, Elizabeth. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. Would you please take a minute to share the show with other team leaders who may be struggling? And if you love the podcast, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If you want to learn step-by-step how to build a profitable real estate team that allows you to get out of the real estate grind and live the lifestyle you've been dreaming about, visit us at joinrebs.com. That's joinrebs.com. Our coaching, training systems and support will help you get more high quality leads, increase your conversions and sales, improve your client experience, and allow you to scale your real estate business, all while reducing the amount of hours you work and the stress you endure. Just go to joinrebs.com for more info now. See you on the next episode.